Hello and welcome to the Wasted Animation Podcast. My name is Mackenzie Broadhurst. And I am his little brother, Liam Broadhurst. Thanks for joining us on our first episode here. So since it is our first episode, uh, I'm just going to break down a little bit of what we're doing here. So every week we are going to be watching an animated film. Uh, For this first season in particular, we are focusing on all of the Pixar Studios works. And we will be watching the film and then reviewing it slash kind of just riffing and recapping it while slowly becoming more and more intoxicated over the course of the podcast. Now, this week we have decided to tackle the 2017 film Coco. Uh, Liam, do you want to give us a little bit about Coco here? You know, Mackenzie, I'd love to. Coco is the heartwarming tale of a young boy in Santa Cecilia, Mexico, named Miguel, who has a love for music despite his family's generation-spanning ban on music as an art form. So, on Dia de los Muertos one year, Miguel decides to join the talent competition in the town square and prove to his family that music is important and that he can do it, but he runs into some trouble along the way, ends up in the afterlife, and with his entire extended and deceased family, and trying to find his way back before the sunrise, before he stays dead forever. And yeah, that's what's going on. So um, as I did mention, we are reviewing this while uh, imbibing some sweet, sweet alcoholic beverages. Mm -hmm. Um, This evening, so our our drink of choice, we are drinking Corona uh, 40-ounce glass bottles. cold Fodies. Ice-cold Fodies. And we, of course, have kept them in the brown bag. Mine is a little bit torn here. Yeah. You got to explain the visuals because, you know... I mean, I mean, this is just in your ear holes. It's the audio, you gotta, audio medium. Yep, this is the audio medium. This is a whole new thing for us. Mm. But yeah, uh, so it's a pretty tasty beverage. Uh, I'm about. Uh, I can't see where I am on my first one. I think I'm about. That's the beauty of the plastic bag. It's paper bag. Wow. God damn. It. <laughs> well, well, cut. I'm Let's about, start over. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I'm like two thirds of the way through it. From the weight of the bottle. I'd have um, to say I'm, I'm similar there, Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. And it is indeed a tasty beverage. Mm. Anyway, so Coco, um, as Liam described, is about Miguel, a young boy in Santa Cecilia, Mexico, which we did try to find the location of this town, and it seems like it's just kind of a general name for a town in Mexico. There are it's hard several. For, a, for a couple gringos like us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I've, I've been to Mexico briefly. It was not as immersive as an experience <laughs> as, uh, as uh, I could have hoped. But um, How much of your Mexico trip do you remember? Not a whole lot, to be honest with you. Uh, I remember it was very beautiful. It was very hot. I hey. drank a lot. Um, as you do. I did uh, take some mushrooms and piss on myself the last night I was there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, yeah, it was great. I, I stayed in my uh, dried-up pee pants in the flight, <laughs> the whole flight home. Uh, Mama Coco would be proud. Mama Coco, no. I think she would hit me with one of her chanclas. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. But yeah, it starts off with Miguel and Santa Cecilia, and he's, you know, just kind of hanging out. His whole family um, are shoemakers, I'm going to jump in here. Yeah. Like, because we're we're getting going, and the movie starts with a detailed personal story of Miguel's great-great-grandparents. Now, and he knows most 
of their of their experiences, except for his great great grandfather's name, which is which is strange. But I, I'm just curious, Mackenzie. How much do you know about our own great great grandparents? Um, uh, not a whole lot. I, I know their names. I know their names, and that's kind of that's kind of <laughs> it, right? though. That's yeah. I didn't really know what they did. Um, I know they're, they're Bonaparte and one other. I, um, Mini? Yeah, but do we, God knows if I know what they did with their lives. No, I think somebody told me, I don't know if this was real or not, I think Boney, uh, somebody said he was on like a tough, like what a do baseball they call team? those? He was, a ba- he was on a baseball team, yes, but he was also in like a, like a hush squad for Henry Ford or something like that. You mean a gang? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> one of those things that went around and shut people up. <laughs> Our, our, our great-great-grandfather was an enforcer for Henry Ford? That's that's what I've heard. I don't know how much truth what? there is in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd be interested to look into that. But my, my point being is we don't know jack shit about our great-great-grandparents aside from, you know, legend and, and myth. Sure, sure, exactly, yeah. We weren't alive. Yeah, but they're, they're very involved in their, in their history, obviously. Miguel is, and Miguel yes. is family, which is nice. But yes, he's, they're making shoes... He doesn't like to make shoes. No, I mean, he, he doesn't make shoes yet, but he doesn't want to make he's shoes. He's a shine boy. He's a shiner. Yeah, yeah. They, but all he's heard his whole life is shoes, shoes, shoes. And he's like, fuck these shoes. I want to shred the guitar. Let me tell you, as a shoe salesman, which, which I am in my real life, um, fuck shoes. Go music. <laughs> Go music 100%. Go music. But his, his, yeah, like his family, super, super not down with the music thing. Great grandpa apparently was a musician and he, according to them, went out on tour, uh, and left his great grandma, great, great grandma, sorry. And his great grandma. And his great grandma. Who was four years old at the time. Yes. Left them, uh, Never just ghosted him. Never came back. Never wrote. No, he's a scrub. Yep, that's uh, so they they condemned music forever, which I find very very. It's probably very difficult there in in small town Mexico, yeah. where music is abound everywhere. Everybody's playing music. I mean, again, I'm speaking from my limited experience as a, you know, U.S. contained gringo here, but it, it, music seems to be important in the culture. Yeah, exactly. I mean, art, the arts in general. I mean, yeah, from the from the very jump of this movie, you see art everywhere. You see the the, the, the paper, the paper cuttings, the flags. Yeah. Yes, I, I wanted to point out those flags because they are beautiful and like they're oh, yeah. the opening credits. They're all kind of morphing and doing some crazy stuff. You know, it looks really cool. There's there's um, obviously portraits and paintings everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, on all the ofrendas of the, of the families. I don't know if they're necessarily photographs, I mean, but... Depending. I mean, it's an animated film. It's you, an animated you, film. <laughs> you, you can't really tell. There are images of people on the, on the screen. Yeah, that's <laughs> Which is all that matters to me. Yes. Um, so you know, he's, in, he's in Santa Cecilia. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to make shoes. He wants to make music. He's got a little, you know, hideaway... In his, in his family's barn, filled is, with a bunch of lit candles. Is it in the barn, or is it in the attic? It's in the attic of some building. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a barn or not. But he, he has, a, he has a, a shrine to his favorite musician, a musician that, was, that had come from Santa Cecilia before him, and it is his town's pride. Um, basically, you were telling me earlier... Is a fictional Mexican Elvis. Fictional Mexican Elvis, Ernesto de la Cruz. Oh, and it's um, good on pronunciation. I, you know, I, I, I dabble. Yeah. Uh, but and, and he, he loves him, and he loves, he's, you know, in, in Ernesto Cruz, he's a very inspirational character, you know, in all of his TV yeah, yeah. interviews, which oh, you sure. see a montage of, he's all about seizing your moment. 
Yes. And you don't you don't you don't shy away no matter how many people it's gonna upset. And that that really speaks true to Miguel. Understandably, given his current situation, which we've discussed. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, he, here's the whole thing. He's, what is Miguel? You peg him about what, like twelve, thirteen years old, something like if that. If that, if, if that. that, you think he's younger? Well, he's around. He's he's tweens. He's yeah, tween. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a time there where you just really. He's twelve years old. Just check Wikipedia. Aha! <laughs> good old wiki. Uh, but you know, around that age, you really just hate what your parents want you to do a lot of the time. It's true. It, especially if they've been, you know, hammering it into yes, you since yes. you were born. Yeah, it's an act of defiance in in a way that Miguel wants to be a musician. So But let's not forget, the boy's got skills. He does have some skills. He does owns bones at the guitar. And with, he, he taught himself, you know, you know he, he had to do it in secret, yeah. watching videos and mimicking. And he's he's shredding. Yeah, no formal training. He's just going up there. You know, I'm very surprised because it seems like a very small building. Um, and it's his, his whole family lives in this, it appears like this little compound mm-hmm. kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Zapateria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they don't hear him playing guitar or hear the, the films that he's playing up there, um, which... Uh, brings me to another point that Ernesto de, de la Cruz, he's like a, a triple threat. He's a, he's a, he's a big guy. He's a, he's a musician, um, a, an actor. He's an actor, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he... I don't know what the third threat is. I don't know. What the, well, I know what that third threat is. We'll get there later. It's murderer. Okay? <laughs> Boom, that's the threat. Spoiler alert if you have not seen the Pixar <laughs> film Coco, Ernesto de la Cruz is a bastard. But we'll get there. Okay. But we'll get there. Right yes. now, we're still in Santa Cecilia. We're in the land of the living, and we got an unhappy Miguel who's shining shoes of mariachis when he's not even allowed to be one. No, no, exactly. I mean, he's out there, he's watching these people play music all the time, and he's he's talking to them, and he's like, oh man, I wish I could do what you do, and they're like, fuck you, kid, just shine my shoes. I don't want to hear about you playing music. Right, but, but then, boom, yeah, we get the opportunity. Yes. You know, he's shining the shoes, he's shining the mariachis' shoes, and he says, hey, well, <laughs> if you want to show your family what you got... To, you know, you know, perform, perform in the talent, the Dia de los Muertos talent show that's going on tonight in Town Square. And, oh, yeah. you know, he sees it and he wants to seize his moment. Oh, yeah. And he wants to seize his moment, which is a um, big quote by, by the E-man, mm. by, by Ernesto, Ernesto. Ernesto of the Cruz. Of the Cruz. De la Cruz. He's all about it. Um, big quote from him, which I think is uh, especially ironic because there's a, there's a large statue of this man in the, in the town square where um, this talent competition is set to go on that evening. There's a large statue of Ernesto de la Cruz that says, seize your moment on it in English. In English. In English, okay. right? Okay. I mean, I get it. Pixar, you're, you're pandering to the gringos like us. Yeah. And I appreciate I mean, that's, it. That's mostly who's going to watch the movie. I mean, I... Maybe I don't know. It's, I, it's who a, knows? It's it's a it's a strange subject. I mean, how how true are you gonna be in an animated movie? You know that that that's ultimately what we're trying to do here. It, there are a lot of a lot of ways you can you can bend reality with animation, and um and we're here we're here to just talk about it. We yep. like it better. Yep, we're just we're just discussing. But seize your moment in English. In English, seize your moment in, in a English. Mexican town. Either way, Miguel, he can read it. He knows the sentiment. Yeah. He wants to seize his motherfucking moment. Yes. He so does. he's running around town. He go. He goes back to uh, his his little attic barn room, and he grabs his guitar and he goes out and he's like, "I'm gonna tell my family. I'm gonna go play in the town square tonight." Which, first mistake. 
Yeah. No, no. He knows how his family's going to respond. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. ask for forgiveness before asking for permission, but he doesn't know yet. He's a 12-year-old boy. But, I mean, he has that one shred of hope that maybe, just maybe... If he believes truly you know? enough that they'll yes. believe in him. Yeah. But, uh... Go so unfortunately, well. that does not happen. So Miguel brings out his guitar... His grandmother seizes the guitar. Seizes that guitar. And with her inhuman strength... Oh, my God. ...smashes it to bits. Do we want to talk about her shoe martial arts? Oh, yes, absolutely. She is a master wielder of the shoes. Of the chancla. Of the chancla. As they call it. This is a common uh, thing, uh, apparently, in in, uh, Mexican culture, is that the, the chancla, or the sandal, is a deadly fucking weapon. Which, which, okay... I understand if it's wielded by, you know, the, the, the dangerous person like Grandma. Right, right, right. But I'm just... You and I have been threatened with a shoe once in our lives. Have we? I don't remember I mean, this. I mean, I don't know, I don't know, if, I don't know <laughs> if you have ever been threatened with a shoe at another point, but I know for a fact, when both of us were children, we were, we were in our great-grandmother's backyard, and um, we were threatened with a shoe by our cousin. He, we were going to get in a fight... <laughs> We were gonna get in a fight, and he, he pulled off his shoe, as if as if to attack us with it, and that's how we defuse the situation. You got it. See, that's how we defuse the situation because Mackenzie and I just laughed our asses off. But yep. let me tell you, if we would have laughed our asses off in front of Grandma, we got our ass kicked. Oh no, that shoe would have come down, and it would have come down hard. Nate yeah. was not a master wielder of the of of the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But yes, the, the abuelita in this movie, deadly as fuck. She does this crazy thing where, actually, taking it back a couple steps, where Miguel is shining the mariachi's uh, shoes, and uh, he's telling him about music. Grandma comes up, and she's like, oh, I see what you're doing, mariachi, and, like, beats the shit out of him with the shoe. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, all right, and runs off, and then she twirls it like some John oh, Wayne yeah. Western-style like Doc bullshit. Holiday, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Up. Yep. Back into the holster. Back in the holster. Or on her foot. Rather. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, like, those are scary things. But um, I mean, she's not the only, you know, old or older member of the family with fighting skills. Oh, as oh really? We see, as we see in the uh, beginning montage of Miguel's daily life, we see actually his great-great-grandmother, Coco, dressed in her very own luchador suit for a brief flash. This is interesting. This is some interesting material. So, so did Miguel... Uh, go to the market, perhaps, and buy Grandma Coco a luchador mask. Or has she always had it? Or has she always had it? Was she a luchador in her own life? See, I think this is this is a possible spinoff. Pixar, take some notes here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously pay your boys if you decide to go with this one. Yeah. But, Where are uh, your boys? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, a Grandma Coco luchadora... Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, would be uh, an amazing spin-off. The co-crusher, you know, yes, like the co- the co-crusher. <laughs> I don't know what that translates to in Spanish. Uh, the, but, the, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, she had the mask, so that means there was something going on. I don't know, and I, I believe it. And I see, believe it. Seems like she took some great pleasure in wearing that mask. Miguel's jumping around on the bed, and Grandma Grandma Coco's just sitting there with the mask on, rocking in a rocking chair. Like, oh, I remember those days. She does. Yeah. Well. She doesn't. Well, <laughs> which is another problem in the movie, which you know hits home to me frequently yeah. when I watch the movie. Grandma Coco, her mind's going. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. not remembering so much. Right. Um, she's the last connection to the nameless great great grandfather. So you, you you figure that might be important later on in the movie. Spoiler: It is. Um, but but she's she's you know she's not doing well. 
Nope, nope. Towards the end. Yep, she's she's getting there. She's uh, she's pretty much chair bound. They just kind of take care of her. She sits in her room and just smiles and rocks away. Um, doesn't really say much. I don't think Grandma Coco has a single line till the till the nigh end of the film. She she says Papa a couple times. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, she's feeling a little more lucid in the mo- in the beginning of the movie. Right. You know, and she remembers her Papa, but but Grandma shuts that down. Yeah. No. 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 She don't want to remember it. You know. Pop pop, pop pop. <laughs> no, pop, no, no, said no, no, no. You didn't have a dad. No, 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 no sir. No, that man you remember probably. No, no, didn't exist. Not a thing. He's a musician. He's bad news. We're <sighs> all about shoes. All about shoes. I, I mean, did Grandma Coco make shoes? I did. She did, must have. Who started the shoe company? Was it? Was it? Uh, it was Imelda. It was Imelda. I was think. it Imelda? I think. Well, who's the great great grandmother? I'm sorry. We we're jumping a little forward. Let's let's get back. We got We got to swing it back around here. Because we are we're not even at the call to adventure yet. No 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 you no. You know no. what I mean? Okay. So so basically, it's Dia de los Muertos. Okay. The Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead, and it's it's an important it's an important holiday in the uh, Mexican culture. It's we equate it to Halloween, but it really means a lot more. Um, because I don't know what you do for Halloween, but I dress like an idiot and get hammered. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the deal. We don't honor any of the, any of the dead. No, I don't think of any of my relatives. Nope. Not even not even you <laughs> on Halloween. On Halloween, I mean, no, I'm a no, different no, no. person on Halloween. Yeah, exactly. But but Dia de los Muertos is special, and Miguel knows this. And that, I mean, they have a talent show. Uh, he, he's only really interested in the talent show. He's not, he's, right. he's upset over his guitar getting broken by his grandmother. You know, he does. He renounces his family altogether and runs away. He goes around. He's asking all these people for a guitar, um, and they all turn him down. Which I know you're a musician, Mackenzie. Oh yeah. Um, you're getting ready for a talent show. May may or break make or break your career, might send you into the spotlight a little. Scrappy young boy asks to borrow it. What do you do? Um, I'd probably say no if I didn't know the guy. You know if I'd I didn't probably know the say kid. no, too. Yeah, yeah, you so know, I... The movie sets you up to think that those guys are the bad guys, but right. who's really giving a guitar to that guy? Right, right, right. Not the, uh, not the, the purple mariachi band. As Definitely not no, the no, no, purple no. mariachi They're band. They're like, get out of here, kid. God, they didn't even I mean, know. you could have just at least just be like, nah, sorry, man, this guitar is, is very nice. It's and, special. Uh, to me. You're a small child, and I don't want you to break it. The purple boys are like, no, fuck you. They're they're out. They're in it to win it. Yeah, they are in it to win it. Which I don't know if there's some prize or something. Or have or... they been spying on Miguel the entire time? Uh, maybe they know have. that he can shred. They know and want to keep him out of the talent they show. They know he is the the Ralph Macchio <laughs> crossroads. Yeah, they, they saw his entire shredder. montage. Yes. His entire training montage, they were witness. Yes, exactly. Uh, perhaps. We will never know because we never see the talent show because Miguel, desperate to find a guitar, knows where one is. In the grave. In the tomb. The tomb of Ernesto de la Cruz, his city's hometown hero. Oh, yeah. He breaks in. Which, first of all, not his first time breaking into places. Oh, no. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he waits for the... He sees the fireworks starting. Boom. He, he, he waits for the firework to go off. Boom. Crashes the window open. He just straight breaks the he's, window open. He's a pro. He knows. He, know, he doesn't want to, you know, gain attention. Sure. He goes. He sees the guitar on the wall. Um, but let's think about this. Let's think about timeline here. Yeah. Grandma Coco's dad abandons the family when they're... When she was four years old. Right. Sometime in the years after Ernesto de la Cruz beca- bring, comes to popularity, has his guitar, and then dies tragically being, by being crushed by a bell. Yes. At a concert. That's right. 
That's right. My point being, the guitar has been sitting there in this tomb for for many years. Yeah, probably. It was probably like 60, 60 probably years. 60 years and probably undisturbed. Yeah. Is my point. Right, the, right. With no humidifier. Right. Nothing. No, no, no tuning. No, nothing. Wait, wait, but you know, it's a guitar. Right. It's a guitar and... It's probably warped. It's probably no, no good. But was he thinking? Was Miguel thinking going and taking his country's most famous guitar? Right. And you know, it's not a normal guitar. No, 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 no. This it's, is a good looking guitar. It's it, bone white. Yes. It's got, you know, skeleton drawn on it. People are going to notice that guitar. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Especially after two seconds after he breaks in, somebody notices, hey, somebody smashed out the fucking window yeah. here in Mr. De La Cruz's tomb. And everyone else in the town's like, yeah, we know. It's this kid at the talent show, he's playing with this fucking guitar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know exactly what he was thinking. He was just in a... I mean, it's 12-year-old... In a rage of passion. Angsty oversight. Yes. Just, is what I'm chalking it up to. I, I agree. But uh, he never makes it to the talent show. And you know why? It's because he takes that guitar off the wall. He strikes a... A valiant E chord. It's a, it's a C minor, oh, actually. It's a C minor. It's a C minor. I looked, I, I played the movie back, I paused it, and I wrote it down so I would, I would know what chord he played on the guitar. Oh boy played a C minor. He played a C minor, which is apparently the chord of death. Because you know what that C minor chord does when he plays it? It fucking kills Miguel. It kills him. It sends him to the afterlife. Yeah. Which, I don't know if he knew it was the chord of death. No, but I mean, it. Obviously, it was like the one he went for. He's like, ah, uh, and bing! Exactly, he strings it, the, the pedals on the ground fly up around him, and I'm telling you, at that point, I'm out of there. Yeah, I'm oh yeah. I'm the guitar down, I'm out. But it, it's already too late for Miguel. Yes. Because he notices that, he, he leaves. He has perished. And people come in, and they, they, they walk right through him. They walk right through him. He thinks he's fucked. He's, he's these people come in, he's like, oh my god. Yep, I broke into this giant tomb that's in the center of the graveyard. Of the most famous, you know, it's, person that took him out of the town it's like in forever. Breaking into Graceland and stealing Elvis's gold toilet that he died on. I, I, I Did he know. die on a gold one? I don't, I don't know if it was gold. I know it, it was a toilet. It was a toilet. <laughs> but it, it's similar. Yeah. It's similar. And, you know, and what do you do at that point? What do you do? He doesn't know what to do. He's nope. stumbling, bumbling around until... Until... He encounters his very first skeleton. Yes. Dead person. He, he looks out into the graveyard and he sees no living people. It's all skeletons. Mm-hmm. It, I, would, I would be freaking the fuck out. Which he does. Which he does, but I mean, come on. But, but let's be real. Let's, let's bring it back yeah. here. Death has a different meaning in our culture. I don't know. Yeah, I, we, no, we, we think of it as an end. Right. And from my limited understanding of the Mexican culture... It's not an end to them. You know, it's a continuation. Right. So, so Miguel, I can understand him not not being as afraid as you know you and I would be. Right. Because I'd be like you know, in the fetal position at that point, just kind of crying and rocking back and forth. And oh man, yeah. Telling myself it'll all be right. Yep. Not no. Nope. I would not. Uh, I would not leave that tomb. No, but he does. Yeah. And he sees a bunch of skeletons, and. He's running around, doesn't know what to do, bumps into who? Who? Is, is it Papa Julio first? Uh, it's Pop. It is Papa Julio. Yes. Papa Julio. Yes. He yes. Runs, into, runs into the skeleton, breaks him apart, assembles back together, and he's like, hey, wait, wait, where are you going? And he's yeah. like, Miguel? 
And then he sees it. He notices he's never met, you know, Papa Julio in his life. But, but he, Papa Julio's met him. But Papa Julio's met him on yes. every Dia de los Muertos. Yes, because yes. his picture's been on the ofrenda in the Zapateria, okay? And um, so, so Papa Julio rallies the rest of the family. Yes. They're like, hey, Miguel's here. He's not supposed to be here. He's not dead. He has skin and flesh. He's got skin and flesh, which... They must be used to seeing, you know, new family members every now and then. Right, right. But they always come as skeletons, so it's, yeah. it's you know, or I, I would imagine. So. Yeah, right. They They've got to. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing: Does your skeleton stay the age, look the age that you did when you died? I think they do because, spoiler alert: at the end of the movie, uh, Mama Coco, when, she she perishes. Right, she does. She dies. We knew she was close to the end. Yeah, but her skeleton in the afterlife has got the gray hair. Is the gray hair? She is the old woman, Mama Coco. She is it's not true. the youthful. I don't know. We only ever see her as a toddler and as a very old woman. So, so we pro see. tip: die in your prime <laughs> for the afterlife. Yes. So you stay in your prime. Exactly. Forever. Exactly. As we. Um, we do see a few others. So, so they he they encounter Miguel, and they and they take him back. Yep. And for some reason, they aren't like, well, we're gonna we're gonna take you home. We're we're gonna take you to the afterlife. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, they got bureaucrats over there. Right. Bureaucrats can help things sometimes. So they go over. They got the the petals. The petals on the ground. It's a special special kind of flower. I do want to say though that there is another living creature that follows them into the afterlife. That living creature is Dante. Dante the dog. Dante the dog. He seems to be... He's a stray dog, but he's also Miguel's, like, best buddy. He's Miguel's stray. He is a, uh, a Peruvian hairless. Oh, really? That is the name of his species. It's a real kind of dog. And they are freaky looking, let me tell you what. Like, they look really like he does in the movie. He's, um... I thought it was, you know, an anima animator taking creative liberties. Oh, no, 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 no. Here we are. This is a hairless, just leathery looking dog um, so Dante he's a little bit of a, a mischief maker uh, you could or say. does everything he do does have a reason see now that brings me to the next thing tell me tell me the very important thing that Dante does that we forgot to talk about uh, so let me let me tell you let me break it down Dante he's following Miguel around everywhere Miguel gives him snacks he's his good friend and um, so he takes him back to the family's ofrenda and he, he encounters Dante there, licking up one of the offerings, eating one of the offerings, right? And uh, naturally, he's upset because he see, you know, his family sees a stray dog that Miguel let in, you know, yeah. the ofrenda. There's going to be hell to pay. There's oh, gonna yeah. There's going to be shoes to pay. Shoes. A shoe beating some, to pay. Some chancla smackdowns. Chancla smackdowns. And he doesn't want that. No. So, but, but his family's coming. They're coming in. And so he, he hides Dante under the table of the ofrenda, and his family comes in, they talk, they leave. What does Dante do? Stands up, bumps the table, knocks over the picture of his great-great-grandmother and his great-grandmother, Coco. Not, I mean, the picture has torn out the head of his great-great-grandfather because, as we mentioned before, he's, you know, ostracized from the family yes. history. Yes, yes, he's a deadbeat, he's a headless man in the photo. Totally cut out. But, the frame falls down, cracks open, and Miguel grabs the picture out of it. And part of it had been folded over. And he folds it back over, and what's there, Mackenzie? It's that famous white guitar. Ernesto de la Cruz's guitar. 
So, Miguel could conclude only what? That Ernesto de la Cruz must have been his great-great-grandfather. Which, you know, I would have thought so, too. Right, right. I mean, they're setting it up. He's the most famous person from the town. He's got yeah, the most famous guitar ever. And so, so Dante brings this revelation to Miguel in, in the form of what he, what he sees as, uh, you know, like a problem. Right. And so that, that, you know, pushes Miguel to go and steal the guitar because he feels like he's owed the guitar right now right, right. in some way. Um, but Dante always also follows him into the afterlife. Yes. Dante follows him into the afterlife and somehow, you know, is fine. Everybody's like, oh, okay, cool. Dog's here. It's fine. We're worried about the living child. Dogs must come all the time. They must. Do you think they just wander there? I mean, stuck. Maybe when the bridge is open. It seems like the bridge is only open on the because he's not an alabrije yet. No, alabrijes are like are uh, spirit spirit guides. Spirit guides. They they take the in the in Coco they take the shape of you know fantastical creatures with. You know, neon lights like, instead of skin. Pepita. <laughs> like Pepita. Pepita, who is a manticore, which is a, a terrifying beast. A manticore. Yes. See, I was looking for a name for it. It is terrifying. It's like a lizard... Lizard Lion cat. <laughs> with wings, right? Dragon cat, if and you will. Pepita, fun fact, translates to... Pumpkin seed. Pumpkin seed. <laughs> little pumpkin seed. Doesn't doesn't really look like a <laughs> no, pumpkin seed no, to me. No, it doesn't. It looks like a giant, a fucking giant terrifying beast. Beast. It's it's really crazy. It's like something you have to conquer with three riddles. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Won't let you cross its bridge, and it does. You know, it is very intimidating throughout the course of the movie. But, um, so you know, they they go ahead into the uh, the afterlife, and they have a very comical. Um, TSA style entrance. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, the, the rules like, are you have to be, your picture has to be on someone's ofrenda to go in, in, order, the in order to go into the living world. Right. So they have a, some sort of facial recognition software. Yeah, some, some kind of mystical undead <laughs> dental records. I don't know. They look at your skull and then they can see if your picture is up on anybody's ofrenda. Which we get a couple, you know, examples of this process. Yes. I don't know if it's the first one, maybe the second or third even. But one one man comes up and he, and he shows his teeth and he, he smiles for the picture. Yes. And he's filled with cavity, filled with you know braces and yes. metal teeth and he's, whatnot. He's got grills. And the only ofrenda that this TSA agent, you know, comes up with is that this man is on his doctor's ofrenda. So his he's dentist. Able, his, I'm sorry, his dentist's <laughs> ofrenda. So he's able to go into the land of the living. I have a couple of questions about this guy. Okay. First off, number one, what did he do to piss off the rest of his family? Or did he have... I mean, everyone has family. Right. But I mean, maybe he outlived them all. Maybe, maybe he did outlive them yeah, all. You never know. But I like to think... This is just me talking. I like to think that he didn't like his family. He spent all his time with his dentist. And his dentist, man, he really tried hard to save his life. With that's that's evident with all the all the you know dental work. I, I don't know if he died from dem- something in his mouth. I mean, they ca- they they show so much of it that he, it must have been a dental. Do you think related death? Do you think? Here, here's my here's my second thought. Do you think that the dentist feels bad 
because he might have killed him with too much anesthesia. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he did. Maybe that dentist did, or maybe he killed him in a terrible passion. In a terrible passion? Yes, where he was just so frustrated that this man <laughs> kept... I mean, he was, like, obsessive about his teeth. Nothing he did was good enough no, for his teeth. No, And he had to keep coming back, and his family's like, come on, what was his name? We looked up his name. It was, it was Juan... Juan Ortodoncia. So Juan Ortodoncia was so obsessed with his teeth. His family was like, Juan, come on, man. Like, your teeth are fine. You have a problem, Juan. You gotta stop going to the dentist. You really gotta yeah. cut it out. Yeah. And he's it's like, the dentist Fuck you. us. Yeah, yeah. So it's the dentist or us. His family disowns him because he has this strange dental addiction. Yeah. And maybe, just maybe... Either his family made some kind of backdoor deal with the dentist where they're like, hey, you know, all you got to do is just slip a little too much uh, anesthesia into Juan. Ooh, you think it's like a planned thing? It could have been. It could have been. But here's the other thing is that the dentist may have been frustrated with... Oh. Because nothing you know, he did was good enough. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, he's like, I'm a good dentist. I know I'm a good dentist. And Juan, this motherfucker, keeps showing up to my office. God. And asking for extensive dental work, you know, he had headgear, he had he had braces, he had an Invisalign, perhaps. And here's I don't my know, thing. He's but, going back to visit, but the only person he can go visit is his dentist. What kind of offering is his dentist giving him? You know, like <laughs> floss and a free toothbrush? You the, know? Little, the little stickers? Uh, yeah, what, you know, like the bag you get after you go to the dentist? Yeah, is that yeah. all he gets every year? I don't know. Why does he keep going back? And I refuse to think that this character is put there for no reason. Why? Because he's voiced by the only actor to appear in every single Pixar movie, Mr. John Ratzenberger. It's Ratzenberger time. Ratzenberger. Yeah, Ratzenberger time. Ratzenberger. He's a big guy in the Pixar world. Can this be a segment that we do? <laughs> yeah, the Ratzenberger, the Ratzenberger Minute. Here we are. The Ratzenberger Barbecue. Yes. <laughs> yes, the Ratzenberger Barbecue. He plays Juan Ortodoncia, uh, a seemingly unimportant dental patient yeah. who is now deceased. But, you know, he's there. But yeah, you know, um, the dentist killed him. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's <laughs> okay. that. Um, let's call uh, the DA. The Ratzenberger Barbecue is now over. Juan Ortodoncia killed by dentist. Yep. Call that. So... Uh, they go through the the thing. It's like a customs slash TSA kind of mm -hmm. deal. And they ask if they have anything to declare. What? 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 Oh! Oh! Yes. That's yes. Right. You go there. Yeah. Yes. So everybody declares their offerings as they go through, as to not presumably bring anything illegal into the land of the dead. I don't know what they don't want over there. And, and, and what can they bring that they didn't get from the land of the dead, right. or from the land of the living, rather? Right. Right. You know, like everything they have with them. They're gonna declare. I mean, I, yeah. I just don't see. I don't see the, the point. Because here's the thing. We were talking about this earlier, which is you know, taboo for a podcast. We're supposed to talk it all out in the moment, whatever. But we were talking earlier, and because we were talking about currency, the currency of the land of the after, after you know, the afterlife. Yes. Yes. And I just I'm stuck trying to think of a pun for pesos to do with the the afterlife. Yeah, it's probably not a great thing to do either. Yeah. Um, but, so we came to the conclusion that it's probably a barter system over there in the land of the dead. So, so in essence, every year, they're declaring their income. 
Yes. Because they're just trading their, their offerings. Yes, and it is a, it's an annual thing, so it could be like a kind of tax situation. I, I guess, but he... Here's another. Here's another thing. Most of the offerings that I'm seeing, they're 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 booze. You know, we we see the one ghost picking up the booze, right? Or it's food. You know, people people getting food and whatnot. But what are they gonna do with that? What are they gonna do with that? They can't eat it. They can't, they can't eat, eat it. it. And and furthermore, if they could eat it, there are no bathrooms in the afterlife for them to dispel of it. I mean, you do see some people drinking some tequila in the afterlife. That you is do. a thing that happens. You I do. don't know where it goes. Where, yeah, 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 yeah. Or if it has, you know, why? Why are they drinking it? You know. It, and food, it's just gonna get. It's just gonna expire. It's just gonna. It's gonna turn. Yeah, there. But, but it's ghost food. You know, because yeah. they, they don't take the actual offering. That's it's right. The ghost it's, version, it's like, of the and offering. it just kind of comes out. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, I still got a lot of questions because uh, you, you, we can have a bartering system, but how many, you know. Bottles of tequila can you barter before people are like, we got too many bottles of tequila. Right, you right. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. But they get Miguel into the land of the dead. They said, oh, we have a living boy. And, and the person... Well, they got to go find Grandma Imelda. Yeah. Because she couldn't go into the land of the living. That's right. Because Dante had knocked, Dante the dog had knocked over the picture and Miguel had taken the picture off of the family's ofrenda. Had it in his pocket. Had it in his pocket. So Grandma Melda is, is she's mad. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. She is shooting angry. Yep. She she can't go to the land of the living. She's uh, threatening she's, people with shoes. Yep. Yep. She breaks is. a computer. <laughs> Does break the shoe? A computer. I wonder what operating system they run in the land of the dead. Because yeah, that's 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 right. Because Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, they're still well, Steve Jobs. Jobs. Oh, Steve it's Jobs. Jobs. It's all Apple. <laughs> it's all Mac Mac OS. That's why he Damn died. It. Oh my God, he died because he knew there was an afterlife. He's like, I gotta die now so I can get there first and get the first yeah. afterlife operating. He's system. got to, you know. There's, he's got to have that kind of monopoly on fucking undead, not land of the dead. I don't know. It, he's, he's. I don't know if it's a monopoly so much as, you know, whatever he could do with whatever offerings people were giving to Steve Jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like, where does he get like the the circuit well, boards? To, Steve uh, Jobs is a white man in in Washington. Sure, we, we, I, I we doubt anybody think... had Steve Jobs on their ofrenda. Yeah, that that's true. That, I, that that's a good point. That's a, which brings me to another thing we got to talk about. I'm sorry, derailing for the plot here for a second. I like to think of implications. I don't know. Every 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 story you hear, you know, the conditions of the story. They 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 make rules for the universe you're in. And um, this universe, this, this universe that's, that's on display in the movie Coco is one where the Mexican cultural traditional religion is the one that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so no, you know, stay with me. Catholic. Stay, it's Catholic. It's Catholic, but it's, it's not necessarily, you know, the Catholic that you and I were raised to believe. Oh, yeah, we're Roman Catholic. That's we're, a different thing. Exactly. My point being, if you and I were to die tomorrow in this Coco universe, we're forgotten immediately. Oh, yeah. Well, well I mean, people still know about us, but I, it's not the same. We aren't up on a Neofrendas. We're, we're not up on a Neofrendas. But I'm thinking of John Ratzenberger, the John Ratzenberger, is the only white, actor, white voice actor in the film. What if he... Uh, it's, it's possible. I don't know. Oh, maybe he was a white guy. Oh, this takes us back to the barbecue but, real quick. 
maybe he went to Mexico because the dental work there. Oh, no one would treat him. Yes. Well, he didn't have dental insurance. Oh. He had to go to Mexico. Oh, we're figuring As it out. As many people do. I do have a friend um, in Colorado who broke her wrist, and she did have to go to Mexico she to get to Mexico because she didn't have insurance? Well, she had insurance, but it's a lot cheaper in Mexico ah. to get the surgery. Ah. Yeah. Okay, John Rat. Okay, Juan Ortodoncia. Well, his name is Juan Ortodoncia, so I guess that... <laughs> yeah. That whole point is <laughs> It's a uh, moot point. Let's get back to the plot. Back okay. to the plot. We've only gotten about 20 minutes into the movie in our... Uh, How long have we been, we go we've been for doing like an hour? Like 50 minutes. Hey, hey, <laughs> 20 minutes into the plot. It's an hour and a half movie. It's fine. We'll get there. They're in the Land of the Dead. You know, they're, they're talking about... We got this living boy. Uh, I don't know. We don't know why he's here. The bureaucrat looks up and says, Well, you're cursed. Uh, is it a bureaucrat? Because he seems like an accountant to me. He has the green visor. He has the big analog calculator. They're all bureaucrats to me. I'm a kind of I don't know. Well, the, he, yeah. He does have the accountant look. Yes, yes. But apparently they are cursed. And They're cursed. Why is it that they are cursed? Because, and because I, I thought about this too, because it's not only desecrating graves, which Miguel did, it, but... If desecrating graves gets you to hell, you and I, we, we'd be gone. I, yes. I, I'm, I'm sure I've desecrated a grave or two. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. So we, we'd be already be in the afterlife. But the thing is, it's Dia de los Muertos, right? On a day or on a, you know, a day or a night where you're supposed to give to the dead, Miguel took from the dead. Ah. And that's what cursed him. You took from the dead, and night we're supposed to give to the dead, and now you're dead, and we're all dead, dead, dead. Yep, and uh, it turns out, well, this uh, this accountant bureaucratic man, he's allergic to skin. Which I didn't notice, but uh, tell me more about this. So, uh, he's sneezing in there, he's, he's sneezing up a storm, he's just not doing well. He's like, oh, sorry, I've got allergies to the living. And I'm like, well, then... Uh, and do you go so, over to the to the land of the living? Maybe he's allergic to the petals that they lay down for, you know, Dia de los Muertos. Or, um, the dead don't have to go to the bathroom. Right? right. They don't have those biological functions. But they have allergies. But they have allergies? <laughs> that kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. You see, if I were in the, in the land of the dead, I hate allergies. I've been... I've been fucking going at it you with allergies. You got some bad these allergies. Past couple weeks, yeah. Yeah, the seasons changing. Oh yeah, yep. Here in the New York summertime. That's where we are. Yep, we are here, New York. But, but so 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 he's like, okay, you're cursed. But you know what? Good news. Good news. You can go back to the land of the living easy. Just one of your family members has to give you their blessing, and he's surrounded by you know seven yeah. or eight of he's his family his members. He's got his tias and tios, and he's got yeah. his, his papa. Yeah, he's got everybody. He's got everybody. But. They add one condition. Or Mama Imelda, who is, you know, the, the, the matriarch of, of, right. the, of the whole right. Rivera clan. Yes, the ex-wife of the infamous musician, yes. great-grandfather. Yes, yes, yes. The, the, the guy we're all chasing, who we think is Ernesto de la Cruz right now. She takes charge of the blessing. Yes. And, you know, offers him a blessing, like, hey, you will go back to the land of the living, put my picture back on the ofrenda so I can come visit, and you will never play music again. <laughs> Which, Mama Imelda, we got bigger fish to fry out here, we don't you think? bigger fish to fry. I don't know. It's just, 
He's in. He's not. He's not supposed to die yet. You're really gonna kill your own great great grandson over the fact that he likes to play the guitar? A twelve year old boy. He's gonna he's like, kill oh, him. You can play the guitar, or you can just hang out with us in the land of the dead forever. No, which is killing him. Yeah. I think we need. We need to really, really hammer home. It's not, it's not like, oh, you're staying with me as punishment, you know, while you're grounded. You're, no, I'm killing you. So you can spend the rest of eternity right here, right? Just because you like to play the guitar. Yeah, exactly. No, Wait. it's it's a it's a little little uh, a little much. It's a little much. And you know, Miguel, he tries to, he tries to go for it. Yeah, he tries. But what does he do? He runs away. He's like, "Fuck this! Nope, I'm gonna go find my great great grandpa Ernesto de la Cruz." Because he will give him the blessing. Yes. Yep. He will. He will tell him go back and play some music. But. One one thing, this is a city, or rather a realm, that contains every single person who has ever died and is still remembered ever. Right. It's going to be hard to find just one skeleton. Right, Especially exactly. when they all look like skeletons. Yes, yes, you know? exactly. And I, can I just say, that moment where he looks out over the land of the dead, that is a beautiful, beautiful scene. That oh, is it's, a, it's really That just, is a wonderful vista. If you can watch it, Go watch. Don't just listen to us talk Yeah, you about know what? Um, if you haven't at this point, please just pause the podcast. Yeah, just uh, go watch the movie. Go watch Coco and then come back we to We already us. told you that Mama Coco dies. I don't want to do any more. <laughs> Mama Coco dying? Oh, it's the really... Actually, that's not the harder part. Anyway. But, yeah. so he runs off. He runs into um, a grifter that we have met earlier. So uh, I, I just I just want to I just want to point right now that we're both we're both into our um, second ice cold fody. Yeah, just keeping track. Sorry, Mackenzie. Sorry for interrupting. Go for oh, it. Oh no, that's just fine. We are we are well into the well not well into I uh, peeling back the paper a bit. I'd say uh, about a third of the way into uh, the second forty of Corona. We added a little bit of Fody. salt this time. Fody. It's Fody. Fody, what's the... No R's. What's the, um... Quarenta? Is that the... Quarenta. Yeah, it is Quarenta. It is a... Our second... Un, un Quarenta. Una Quarenta. Yes. Yes. Here we are. We're all learning. Hopefully mm-hmm. you learn a little here, too. Yep. So we're into the second Quarenta of our cerveza. Yes. We are, uh, having a great time here. Yep, and we're talking about Hector. H- Hector. So Hector, he is a grifter that... Miguel runs to in this, um, this, is it a train station, or is, it's like, uh... It's the, you know, the, the security checkpoint. Some kind, it's enormous, though. I mean, it's a huge It's big, thing. it's like a terminal. It's a terminal. So he runs into Hector, who had been trying to get into the land of living as posing as the famous artist, uh, Frida Kahlo. Which I'm sure the, the, you know, dead TSA agents are used to by now. Right. I, I mean, I'm sure they've seen Frida try to come through a bunch, but she's an artist, so she stays in the land of the dead to she put does. on a show. She does. She doesn't, she doesn't, she's, the land of the living is overrated. And she doesn't not, need to go She's not interested in offerings. She no, doesn't no, need no, any no. of that. She's fine. Yeah. I'm really into Frida in this movie. She's, she's the way to, way to be when you're dead. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. She's um, a creative still. You yes, know. still a creative, um, but uh, Hector is trying to pose as Frida Kahlo to sneak back into the land of the living. And they're like, no, nah, dude, like, we know what Frida looks like. And not only that, but we find out that fake mustaches. Fake unibrows. Fake <laughs> unibrows. Excuse me. Excuse Frida Kahlo, she may have had a mustache. I don't know. She doesn't in this film. Yeah, she does not. But, but the unibrow, 
That's a serious crime. That is a serious crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they said, uh, you've been charged with falsifying a unibrow, sir. Which... It's a serious offense. As someone who grows a unibrow, <laughs> yeah, I, no, same here. I, I don't want to see someone falsify, like appropriating no. my unibrowness. No, you know? yeah, it's uh, I, I shave mine off. I'm ashamed of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pluck. I, I want plucker. Oof, man. Well, I, you're you braver know. than me. Hey, it's you know, it's there. It's gone. Whatever. But 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 still, we're back to the point. Yeah, Hector tries to sneak uh, out. He gets pulled into some security office, and they're like, Hector, come on, man. Like, you've tried to do this so many times. We know who you are. You've falsified a unibrow. I want to go back to see my family in the land of the living. Just go fuck off into, into the land of the dead. Yeah, somewhere. be forgotten. Yeah. Dummy. Yeah. So Miguel runs into Hector. Because. Well, the, or Hector tries to bribe the, the agent. Yeah, yeah. And he says, hey. Oh, you want tickets? You like? He sees he has an Ernesto de la Cruz poster on his office wall. He's like, "Oh, you like Ernesto? Well, he and I used to play together. We go I way back. Him. Yeah, I can get you front row tickets to his Sunrise Spectacular, which is which is a big concert in the Land of the Dead on the, the sunrise after Dia de los Muertos, where Ernesto de la Cruz sings sings his songs, and everyone loves it. And apparently, Hector can get tickets there. No. Which we he cannot, but the guy doesn't know, and, and neither does Miguel, right? Right. Miguel just hears that, and he's like, "Oh, I'm trying to find, you know, Ernesto. This Can is you the hook guy. Me up? This is the guy I need to talk to. Right. Right. Obviously. And Hector, he doesn't want to help necessarily at first. He's like, "Hey, whatever." But then he finds out that Miguel is living. Yes. And see, we got a we got a um, a quid pro quo going on here. Right. Right. And he's like, "Ah, well, I'll get you there." But you gotta take my photo. Which he has on him all the time. Yes, of course. Did he die with his picture in his pocket? He, maybe. I don't know. How does he get a picture How of himself? How does he get the photo of himself? We don't know. We don't know that one. And, and furthermore, if he did die with his picture in his pocket, was it out of vanity or did he know <laughs> was it that maybe he might need a picture of himself? <laughs> maybe in his wallet. Maybe it was like an ID type situation. But but the picture is not like an It's like a, it's just a regular. It's, a, it's just a headshot. It's a headshot. Maybe he carried around his headshots. He maybe was a musician. He was an artist. Yeah, yeah. He was an artist. That's so, right. So maybe, maybe he does carry around his headshots. I don't know. Um, but he, he says, Miguel... You know, I'll help you find Ernesto de la Cruz, but, you know, if he shoots you back to the, the living world, you got to put my photo up on the ofrenda, because, like, it's been a minute. So I can go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he deserves to go back. I mean, yeah, who he, doesn't deserve to go he's back? He's never gone back. He he's never, because no one has ever remembered, put him up in the ofrenda, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. People remember him because he's still, you know, there. Which right. Which we'll find out, you know, more about later, but... But, but he's he's been dead for probably about 60 years. Yeah. So they're, a little they're, longer. They're going to help each other. 70 years. Yeah. They're gonna help each other out, so they take off and they go and and um, and he, he knows where Ernesto rehearses. Right, it's the the same studio as Frida Kahlo. It's like one of those big yes. artist studios. It's like the one where Hamilton and and Escape to Margaritaville both rehearse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yes, the, yes. the big one. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. A different floor. Uh, it's just, it's a big thing. But they're they're both practicing for the Sunrise Spectacular. Right, Frida's gonna do. Some kind of dance piece that's... that's. It's like, uh, yeah, visual. It's like a... She has some sculpture, some dance. And some, some live dancers who are all dressed like her. I, I don't know much about Frida, but this movie doesn't paint her in a very, you know, 
fun. I know like, she she drew a lot of uh, paintings as flowers and self portraits. She's famous for her self portraits. Self portraits and then vaginas disguised as flowers, which is uh, just every flower. It seems like a vagina to me. I don't, I don't yeah, know. that I, may just be me. I mean, she she had a lot of disguised vaginas in her artwork. Hmm. That was kind of the uh, interesting. I think she's a big, well, big I, feminist and had to kind of hide it because. And that know. that's evident in the performance she's putting on for the Sunrise Spectacular. You know, where the dancers crawl around a giant papaya, which you know is a clear you know vagina image. Right. Exactly. And I'm like, hey, why are they crawling around that vagina? My girlfriend's like Liam. That's a fucking papaya. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, they have to cr- climb, like, a big cactus. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they get there, and they find out that Ernesto doesn't do practice. No, he doesn't need to rehearse. He's fucking Mexican Elvis. And also, he he's, can, he's, he's just frozen kinda... in his prime. Yeah, exactly. He's fine. He doesn't need to rehearse. Either yeah, way, he's just good. you know, Miguel uh, forms a rapport with Miss Colo and... Um, Kind of tells her, gives her a couple of tips and tricks on the uh, the musical accompaniment to her show, and that's right. She's not a musical mind. She's not, no. But she has a has a whole band going and stuff. And oh, yeah. she's like, oh, I just don't know what to do with the music. And he's like, well, how about you go up, 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 up? He does some scat stuff. And, yeah, and, and she's the band like, it's brilliant. It. It's yeah, good. but Ernesto's not there. Ernesto's not there. But he finds out that Ernesto's at his huge party, going on at his huge mansion that just so happens to be visible from every part of the of the land undead the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is convenient. It's a giant tower. It's it's huge. It's nice. It you know, hey, and now we got, you know, our looming tower. We're going to there. Something's going to happen there. We're we're going to we're going to figure it out, but that that's the place we're going. Right. Yeah. So he ditches Frida. He ditches all that. Him and Hector go over to Ernesto's place, but but to get up to his house, which is on like a big tower. Well, they gotta get tickets. Well, they gotta get tickets to the party, and there's like a big trolley system. Yep, and they can't get tickets. They very very exclusive party. Uh, the only it's sold out, obviously. So the only way to get tickets um, is to compete in a talent show. And that's, that's not necessarily tickets either. You're gonna play the play the show. Oh yeah, well, you're gonna we're, play the part. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's like a battle of the bands kind of thing. Uh-huh. Like, uh I played one of those one time to try to play some, I don't know, I think it was some crazy metal uh, tour thing. It was like... Did you, did you, did you guys win? No. <laughs> ah, no, sad. no, we did not. Um, this was uh, when I was in my very first band mm-hmm. in Michigan in uh, 2008, 2009. What a year. So, yeah, you know, it was uh, 10 years ago. Damn. Playing in my first... Uh, Band. It was, a, it was a ska band, sort of, almost, but we, we were also a hardcore band. A little skunky. Ska core. Ska core. Scory. <laughs> <laughs> ska core. Um, well, yeah, so there are no ska core bands in this uh, Battle of the there's, Bands. There's a punk band, though. There is a punk band, and there is also a Skrillex skeleton. There, I don't, you see him he's for not just, very good Skrillex He's really bad. Band. Yeah, no, I mean, you see him for just about a half a second, but he has the haircut, he has he's the like glasses. He's a SoundCloud skeleton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's like, um, I, I don't know, anybody who wanted to be a DJ and just kind of downloaded Fruity Loops and mm-hmm. used their stock samples, mm-hmm. I don't, whatever. But Miguel needs a guitar, though. Miguel does need a guitar. So they go on this whole mission, and uh, as they're trying to go on this mission, our uh, 
unsung hero, Dante the dog. Dante the dog. Yep, he comes up and he's like, Miguel, no, like, he doesn't say this, he's a dog, but he tries to pull him away. He's like, you gotta go back to your family, go home, man. And he's like, no, fuck you, you're just, a, like, a dirty dog. And, like, Dante gets really sad and runs away. Which, you should be trusting the dog, and that once you know that the dog can transcend the living and the dead, I'm like, okay, you're my guide. Yeah, trust you know? the dog. Yes. I, you always trust the animals. But Miguel doesn't, and for understandable reasons. He, yeah. he knows Miguel, he knows Dante outside of the dead and he's just he's a, he's a real dummy yeah he's a real dummy he knocked down the picture off the ofrenda he just mm-hmm. digs in the trash and rolls around on the floor all but day. luckily Hector knows where to get a guitar yep he they knows go, where to get the guitar and they go over to uh, kind of like the slums it's like the slums it's like the slums it's of the undead everyone over there is not on the ofrenda no they're not an ofrenda they're the forgotten the forgotten so, so they go and find a, a gentleman. Um, I forget his name. I, whose name I cannot recall at this time. But they they bring him a tequila shot. And they call him cousin or brother because they, they yep. none of them have family back in the back in the real life. So they, you know, they they call each other family, which is nice and it's sweet. And Hector goes in with a shot of tequila and he's like, "Hey, I need to borrow your guitar." Your prize guitar. And we, we, we go upon a skeleton who is just really decrepit. He is. And he still dunks on, on Hector. He's like, hey, man. He's like, who are you to ask me for a guitar? You died choking on chorizo. Choking on chorizo. Well, food poisoning from chorizo. Well, yeah. Hector will be quick to tell you. Yes, yes, yes. He, he is not just choking. It was the food poisoning. Which, which is still kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I, I don't exactly. know. I've choked on chorizo in my day. Yeah, no, me I, too. It's just a good hack. I didn't really. feel like I was going to die. No, 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 no. But, uh, but I, give, I give Hector the, the benefit of the doubt here. Right. Oh, of course. I so, mean, he's, he's, he's a good guy. We're at this decrepit skeleton. He's yeah. got all his prized possessions with him in his hammock. Yep. And he's got his guitar. And he's like, you know what, Hector? If you want this guitar, you're going to have to earn it. By playing my favorite song. And his favorite song is about, what's it, about an ugly lady? About an ugly lady but that, that you still love. You still love. You still love this ugly lady. And Hector's like, I don't know, man. I haven't played guitar in, in the whole time, time I've been dead. He doesn't like, like playing music anymore. No, but, yeah. but we didn't know he liked playing music. He actually disparaged musicians earlier in the movie. He's like, oh, musician, oh, oh, musicians, musicians, they're all the same, blah, blah, blah. You right. Know? But here, here he is, shredding the guitar, playing this heartfelt song for this dying skeleton. About this, this homely woman. About a homely woman. So, he plays, and Miguel's like, holy shit. Yeah. You can play the guitar. Yeah. You're a musician? I thought you hated musicians. And and Hector doesn't really have time to. Uh, he doesn't want to. Really he doesn't want to get into it. it. It's a painful subject. It's a painful subject for him. And also, one of his good friends, the skeleton in the hammock with all of his you know possessions, he becomes truly forgotten, and he drifts away. And he just fades away into nothing. The final death. That's what they call it. The final death. The final death, which is, which is strange, strange to me. Death. It, death just seems like an end to me. But again, we've been talking about the culture. And it's not an end for that culture. But th- but it's interesting to learn that that culture does have an end. It does have an end. When you aren't up in any ofrendas for... What's no, the well, when you're not remembered. When no one who is alive remembers who you are. That's right. That's when you die. Ergo, being famous is the only thing that matters. Oof. Some heavy shit, man. Being famous is the only thing 
that matters. As long as people know your name, you can live for however long you want. But no one, no one knew this skeleton in the hammock's name. We don't even know his name. <laughs> I don't remember his I name. I don't remember his name for the movie, and he's he's gone. No, yeah, that, I guess that's the point, right? And Hector, he's close. He's he's on oh, his way out. I remember his name now. I remember his name now. What's the name? What's the it's name? It's Chicharron. It's Chicharron. It's Chicharron, like the pork ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Chicharron. So Chicharron, he's gone. Well, well. Maybe now we brought him back to life. Oh, fuck. Did we just bring Chicharron back to life? I think we might have. Well, you're welcome, Chicharron. Yep. Good on you, Cheech. Was he played by Cheech Marin? He was played by Cheech Marin. Wait, for real? (laughs) Cheech Marin has a credit in the movie. No fucking way! He does. I didn't even look that up. I I was looking at the cast earlier. I was looking at the cast earlier, and um, yes, Cheech Marin himself... No, 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 wait. Cheech Marin, he doesn't play the... Oh, okay, play, never mind. Play Chicharron. Who does Cheech Marin play? Cheech Marin plays a corrections officer. Does he play the guy who was... <laughs> who had the poster on the wall? Who was like... I think it's the guy with the poster on the wall. Why didn't they make Cheech Marin play Chicharron? Or furthermore, why did they name a character Chicharron that wasn't played by Cheech Marin? You know? (laughs) You got... They've got a lot of... Oh, because you know that dude was puffing on that sweet, sweet kush. Oh, you know. (laughs) That's what Cheech Marin does. Cheech Marin... Wait, I'm getting to him. I'm getting to him here. Oh, man. I'm, I'm disappointed. He's the corrections officer. He's the guy who's a fan of... He's barely in the movie. So they take Cheech Marin, the famous fucking good sweet green smoker, and they make him... With a voice like gold. And they make him a cop. I think we could fill another podcast with how angry I am about about that casting decision. But but let's let's keep going here. So we got a talent show. Yeah. Talent show... He's got a guitar now because, yep. you know, Chicharron is dead. He can't. He, can. he fades away. He doesn't, he doesn't take the guitar anymore. No. He's doing whatever. So, so, so he, you know, Miguel goes over with the guitar. He's getting ready for, for the concert. And he's like, and Hector comes over to him. He's like, hey, what song are you going to sing? And he says, remember me. Which is one of Ernesto de la Cruz's songs. Which is not surprising, knowing that Miguel is a fan of Ernesto de la Cruz and even believes that he is the great-great-grandson of Ernesto de la Cruz. The problem being is that Remember Me is a super popular fucking song. To just give you the insight, if you haven't seen Coco, Remember Me is like the wonder wall of the movie. I mean, it won the Oscar. Yeah. Remember Me, Oscar for Best Original Song. It really did. It's the only Oscar that that movie received. And it's a good song. It didn't get Best Animated Feature? It did... It, I, it, it, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it might have, but it definitely got best song for "Remember Me." For "Remember Me," yeah. When "Remember Me," yes. Though I have to say goodbye. Remember me. I don't know. It's a good song. It's it's sweet. It's heartfelt. But everybody wants to sing it. It's everybody sing it. And he goes over to the other acts, and they're all singing it. They're all singing it. They're all practicing their wonder wall. They're all doing their their whole thing. Uh huh. Um, so he's like, okay, how about I do a different song? Um, poco loco. Un poco loco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Un poquititito loco. Yes. 
just means a little crazy. A little crazy. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. And, and you know what? And he gets on that stage and he fucking kills it. He kills it. He learns how to grito, which is important. Can, can you grito? Oh, man, give me, give I don't me, know. Give me your best grito. I gotta stand a little further yeah, away from the yeah, mic. Stand, stand away from the mic. I'll, I'll out. blow out okay, everyone's okay, eardrums. Okay. Yeah. Just give me a good grito. That's your best greedo? I don't know. I mean, okay, okay, you go do one. We're you not the kind of one. people who are supposed to do good greedos. We're, we're not. We're gringos doing greedos. But I'll give you my greedo. Yeah. Here's the. Okay. <clears throat> Damn, dude! Great Is that job. A good greedo? That clipped even from like across the room. Was that a good greedo? Yeah. Look, at, look at that wave. Oh damn! Man. Look at that fucking greedo. Yeah. Shit. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You listening, let me know. Let me know if I can greet him. My email address is liam.broadhurst23 at gmail.com. Send me an email. You're going to send him an email. Send me an email. Let me know if I was a greedo. Um, I just, I just want to be accurate. Here. At this point, once this episode is out, we'll probably have a, um, a, a Twitter uh, or Instagram. No, kind email of- me personally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but... So, so, so Miguel, he doesn't stick around to see if he wins the talent show. No. No, no, he no, does no. not. Because, because his, his family sees him performing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, he's like, oh, shit, I gotta get out of here. Oh, well, they didn't see him, but he sees them in the crowd asking people if they've seen a living boy. That's right. Which he's put makeup on at this point, so he looks... He looks like a dead guy, but he, he looks like a skeleton enough. He's wearing the same clothes. His hands are skeletony, you know, yep. because he's fading yep, he's away. He's fading away. Like back he's, to the future. He's dying a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit like Back to the it's Future. A little like Back to the Future. He's got that Marty McFly hoodie too. Maybe it was like maybe it was a callback. Yeah, you know, I, I, maybe. I mean, if if his grand, if one of his grandmothers was trying to like fuck him, then I like I understand <laughs> if it was a callback. <laughs> we don't get into. I don't. I really hope we don't get into any incest. In you any brought Back to the Future up. I'm just going with it. But anyway. He, he runs away from the talent show. And Hector, he's a little confused. Yeah. Because Miguel said that he doesn't have any dead family except for Ernesto de la Cruz. Right. No, all Hector wants is his picture up which, on the apron. Which is a lie. So he's, he's lying to Hector. Right. Because he's got family there, but they don't let him play music. Right. So Hector's like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, hey, look, I understand I lied to you, but Ernesto's the only one who's going to give me the blessing that I want. Right. Which, at this point, juggling life and death, I don't know. It seems a little drastic. But, Hector, he doesn't get it. He's like, hey, you could have gone back to the land of the living this entire time and put up my picture. Why don't we just go to your grandmother? And he's like, oh, they're not going to let me play music. And Hector's like, well, who the fuck cares if you don't play music? I don't play music anymore. Music's not that important. And he's like, well, fine. I don't need you. I'll go get Ernesto's blessing myself. So he does. And he goes, uh, he loses the, the talent show. It goes to the Purple Mariachi Band. Wait. Now, wait a minute. There is a Purple Mariachi Band. It's a Purple Mariachi Band that wins the talent contest in the Land of the Dead. But there's a Purple Mariachi Band in the Land of the Living that are a bunch of assholes. Now, did they all die stay in a with terrible me. passion? Stay with me. Did they die that night? In a, in a terrible passion. Maybe passion, maybe an accident. I, I don't even, I don't know. I, did they lose the talent show in the living world and get so upset that they got into, a, or they all like killed the mass suicide? Well, maybe. Because maybe there's, there's, gotta, there's no way 
That both bands are purple mariachi bands. They must be a callback. Maybe it's their ancestors. Maybe maybe they're like a family ooh, band. Ooh, ooh. And the whole uh, younger generation like picked up the picked up the clothes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they were like a, another thing. Like Ernesto was Elvis, but maybe they were like, you know, the stones of uh, Santa Cecilia. It's true. Or something. I, I I don't want to believe. I don't think that they're the same purple mariachi band that they that they that he encountered in the land of the living. I don't. Only because they are, this Purple Mariachi band is more than happy to help out the young musician. Exactly. But, uh, to be fit... Maybe no. it's their retribution. To pay devil's advocate against myself. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's their retribution. Maybe they've already won the talent show so there's no, you know, repercussions. Maybe they've seen Miguel flex his skills so they have respect for him as a musician. Uh, who, who can say for sure? But they decide to help him. They hide him in the tuba as they go up to Ernesto de la Cruz's party. Which, I don't know why that tuba was necessary if they, if they were all just in one huddle. But, yeah, no. But I he mean, hides in the tuba. Everyone's looking for the living boy. Though. Everyone so, I mean, is. At this point, he's, he's gotten pretty famous. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's been looking, you know, people have been, you know, alerting police officers when they see him, you know. Yeah. Um, his so they, makeup doesn't fool everybody. They've got to hide him. So so he so he gets hides in the tuba and he gets on the fancy escalator, fancy tram, Tro- trolley, trolley, trolley. So, but there is an escalator in this movie which I, I'm confused about because oh, wait, what? Where's an escalator? Uh, where's I wrote it down. Hold on, let me see. Yeah, yeah check your notes. Check it. We're, we're taking notes here. We're, we're we're pretty studious reviewers. No matter how inebriated we get during this, I promise you, it's all <laughs> based in real observation. Well, there's another one I'm excited about to uh, to get to later. Well, we'll Uh, get there. Oh, so stay tuned. We've got something exciting coming up. I thought I wrote something about escalators, but I guess I didn't. So, escalators are escalators. I didn't think they were invented at the time, whenever. I mean, but they're invented at this time, and maybe, you know, people who die bring innovations back. Perhaps. You know, so, so maybe the first person to die who had been alive for escalators goes back to the land of the dead and was like, Y'all don't have escalators? <laughs> and they're like, what's escalators? And you're like, my new invention. <laughs> I, stairs that move. Stairs that move. I invented it right now. They didn't have them in the land of the living, but we're making them. Uh, maybe he capitalized on that. Anyway, uh, they ride a, a fancy trolley system. They do. Up, up to, to the party. Up to the party. And uh, they get in. It's crowded. It's a crowded party. Yeah, it's, it's like the who's who. We also got Alabrijes roaming around in service roles. Oh, which 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 was the first thing I know because we're used to alabrijes like Pepita, you know, Mama Imelda's alabrije, the, the fucking manticore, who is a huge fucking you know manticore, really imposing, or even Frida Kahlo's alabrije, which is a little monkey that breathes fire. That's right. We got some pretty imposing alabrijes. However, the first alabrije we see in Ernesto de la Cruz's party is it the rabbit frog? No, it's a porcupine. Oh, that's right. With wiener, little weenies stuck to its quills. <laughs> cocktail weenies. It's a cocktail waiter, alabrije porcupine. <laughs> and that's no spirit guide. That's a spirit servant. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. Is, it, is it Ernesto de la Cruz's personal alabrije? No, no, no. He has a personal alabrije, and I wrote that one down. It's a <gasps> chihuahua. Ye- Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. When does the chin- chihuahua come He's to play? He's carrying it around. <gasps> it's a little chihuahua. He has a, a chihuahua. So who is this... This, you know, porcupine's on the brie. I don't know. Is it Hector's? 
No, Hector doesn't have an Alibri hit, does exactly. he? Exactly. Maybe it is did the Did he take it from him? Maybe he did. I, I mean, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. So he goes to the party. Chorizo has little sausages. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe he holds around chorizo and just says, like, oh. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So he gets to the party. And it's crowded. Oh, my God. Who's this? The who's who. You got everybody there. It's the who's who of the land of the dead. Oh, my God. And he's a little kid. No one's giving him the time of day or time, no. you know, time of dead. And Nobody's he, looking at him. He's roaming around. So, so he, and they got clips playing of Ernesto de la Cruz's movies right. all over the place. Right. And so he it's, looks it's up. A, it's a hugely masturbatory event. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, yes. it's ridiculous. It's all about Ernesto, not about Dila de los Muertos at all. No. Which you would think would right, be the main right. focus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he said, he says, you know, so he sees a clip and he's like, oh, well, this person will listen to music. And so Miguel gets an idea. And he stands up. And he, and he goes over and he gives a big grito, like, like you know, what we demonstrated previously. And I'll, I'll put in a replay of that here. Real quick. <laughs> um... So he does that, and everyone's looking at him. He plays a song. He's killing it. I mean, Miguel, I, I, we're, we're coming back to it. He's really a natural performer. It's really a, a crime that, that his family is, is really stifling him because, yeah, he has a lot to give. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he's going, and he's, you know, strumming along, really swaying the crowd. Everyone's into it. But. He falls in the pool. He falls in the pool. He's walking towards Ernesto de la Cruz falls in the giant guitar-shaped pool that is in the middle of this man's estate. And, um, or the skeleton's after-dead estate. His, his, his tower, his big old yeah, giant... Yeah, and Ernesto himself dives into the water and saves him. Now, here's where I got a problem, Mackenzie. What's your problem, Liam? We mentioned it before, okay? The skeletons are without biological functions except for allergies. Well, they are. So far. <laughs> they drink tequila, too. They drink tequila. And they, they have allergies. They sneeze when the seasons change and when living skin touches them. And that, that's pretty much it as, as far as biological functions go. Now, in a room full of skeletons, a young boy stands up, gets everyone's attention, playing the guitar, with makeup that makes him look like a skeleton. So as far as we're concerned, the partygoers, this, this is not a living boy. It's another dead boy, and he's there. He falls in the water. Why is Ernesto de la Cruz really rushing to, to, save his, to save him? Yeah. He jumps in the water and tries to save the skeleton from drowning, but the skeletons can't drown? Maybe he just saw him flailing around and he's like, oh, this guy's having a spot of trouble. I suppose, but was he flail? Can Miguel, like, I'm assuming Miguel cannot swim because he, was obviously, obviously, he was obviously in danger. Yeah. But here brings me to the next point. Did Miguel die for real at that point in the movie? Because, uh, again, I... I'm a skeleton in that room filled with other skeletons and a skeleton falls in the water. I'm turning the other way. Skeleton not gonna drown. Yeah, it's like, all right, nah, this guy, he'll, he'll get himself up. Yeah, oh, 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 he didn't know where he was walking. He, he just fell in the water. Had, had a little too much ghost tequila. Yeah, a little, <laughs> a little too much, you know, ofrenda tequila. Yeah. And, and he's gone. But Ernesto de la Cruz, he goes in and saves him. Yeah. Dives right on in there. Dives right on in. But I don't... I still... I'm unconvinced. And, and we'll come back to this theory at, at when we get to the end of the movie. But uh, for now, let's just know that I'm skeptical. Casual listener. 
<laughs> I'm skeptical of this. So, yeah, so Ernesto pulls him out of the water, and he sees that he's the living boy that everyone's talking about. Makeup runs right off yep, of him. Yep, yep. And he's like, oh, well, you're the living boy. I'm not going to report you to the authorities. You're going to stay here and fucking party with me because I haven't seen the living person in forever. Exactly. Well, he also mentions that, hey, I'm your great-great-grandson. Yeah. Miguel just goes out and says it. Yeah. And he's like, I have a great-great-grandson? Because, Miguel, you know, Ernesto never knew about he this. He probably got a lot, a, lot of, a lot of strange oh, on the road, oh, I'm he sure. Went around. Yeah. Okay, Ernesto went around. Look in the way he did. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He, he's obviously he's obviously a big well, stud. You know, you've got to have descendants of Elvis out there somewhere that don't know that they're descendants of Elvis. You know, maybe they, they find Are out. Are we later. descendants of Elvis? Maybe. Nah. Nah. No nah, way. No way. No way. No My way. pelvis doesn't move like that. Pelvis but, don't move like Elvis. So he spends the rest of the party showing him off. Yeah. You know, bringing him around. You know, hey, this is my living son, living great-great-grandson. He's, he's, you know, he's going to stay around until the sunrise, and it's going to be great. It's yeah. awesome. We got to send him home, though. So the party ends, and they're walking around, and, and they're, he's really giving him some, you know, good pointers. He's like, hey, you should just follow music because that's what you're meant to do. And obviously you're meant to do it because, damn, you got such good skills. Right, and he sees the skills. He sees the game, game recognizes game. Game recognizes game. You're so, right. And he's like, hey, obviously you got to do this, so do it. But who do we get run into? Ben Frida Kahlo. Well, Frida? Well, no, no. Well, we oh. think it's Frida Kahlo, but it's just the same disguise that Ektor had tried to use against TSA. But it worked to get into the party. Yeah, because you know, the security of the party is... Uh, Let's just say they're not professional. They're not professional. No, I mean they're not TSA. No, no, they're not. I mean, they see they see a woman who looks like Frida. Ernesto's like, oh, Frida! I didn't know you were you were coming tonight. Right. Yeah, she never shows up to parties. She's then, too way too cool. Boom! Unibrow comes off. It's Hector, and he's 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 there to talk. And he's pissed. Oh yeah. yeah, because he made a deal with Miguel that Miguel was gonna you know put his picture up on the ofrenda and. And he's he, he, Hector knows that Miguel's close to getting back to the land of the living. Right. If Ernesto is is his great great grandfather, he could give him his blessing. So he does. Well, no, well, he doesn't give him his blessing yet. But Hector comes up, and they start talking. And it turns out Hector wasn't lying about knowing Ernesto de la Cruz in a, in a past life. Ernesto right? remembers him yeah. as Hector. And what does he say? He says he's like, hey, remember the last time we hung out while I was alive. You told me that you would move heaven and earth for me. Right. Which Miguel recognizes instantly. He's like, that's a line from one of your movies. That's isn't a line it? from a movie. And the movie scene, you know, some other character says to Inertia de la Cruz, I will move heaven and earth for you as they're taking a shot of tequila. But Ernesto de la Cruz spits the tequila out. He calls it poison. And he fights and he fights the guy who gave him gave it to him, right? Right. Miguel realizes this story, and he's like, wait. It's just like the movie. And Hector looks up, watches the scene, because, you know, he has his movie scenes playing Conveniently, all over. that scene Conveniently. is playing it's, right it's, at yeah. that moment. <laughs> right, yes. right? Out of all of the scenes in all of his movies, that one plays. It's like, oh, look, there it is right now. And Hector looks at it, and it's like, oh, poison. And he has a flashback. And that exact scene played out. And Hector, him and Ernesto, apparently, we find out, we're, we're musician buddies. Yeah. Hector wrote all the songs. And did all the work, and Ernesto was the face. He was the face. He was just kind of the guy that, that played along. Yeah, Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Hector wanted to go back home. 
Oh, you yeah. know, I mean, the big thing, he wanted to go back to Mama Coco. He missed his, his he daughter missed Coco. daughter Coco. He missed Imelda. And he wanted to get off the road and stop touring and just have a simple life. But Ernesto couldn't have that. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, so what does he do, Mackenzie? He fucking kills him. He fucking kills him. He poisons him. Poisons him. Now, this is dark for, for a Pixar film. It is, I it mean, is. Pixar's gotten dark before, I think. Just, oh, yeah, they're good at it. Yeah, I mean... Because um, we don't expect it. I think this is the darkest it's been since Up. And, Easy. I mean, when we do our Up episode Easy. one day, it, it'll be... I mean, it's going to be a whole... It's going to be a serious episode. Sadness. It's going to be bad. Nonsense. We're going to... Yeah. We're, I'll, I'll probably cry and blubber <sighs> like yeah. nobody's business. But Miguel doesn't cry. No. No. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He kind of realizes what's going on. He's like, whoa, you're a murderer? Yeah. That's not cool. And and Ernesto is like, security? Yeah, security. Uh, just take care of it. Because apparently we got, you know, security guards that were alive in, you know, the living, living world. And they died and they just want to be security guards the rest of their life. <laughs> I guess. Um, so they take him out. And, and so Miguel's like, well... You took away Hector, but can I still get my blessing? Like, I want to go back to the real world. But Ernesto knows that this kid knows the truth about him now. You know, he's, he's a dead... He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a murderer. Oh, yeah. He can't let I mean, this he, kid go he, back to the land of the living. He's going to let everyone know. Spread the word. Yeah. Which brings me to my point. What is your point? I'm sorry. I, I mentioned before... I mentioned before, before we recorded, that, that I'm really coming for Mama Coco here. She, he's really gunning for Mama Coco. I, I'm gunning for Mama Coco. I'm, I'm calling her out right now, and I'll tell you why. Why's that? Mama Coco's me- memory is going. Sure. Presumably, that's been only the past couple of years. Yeah. Okay, okay, well, let's bring it back. Okay? Hector, or no. So, Mama Coco's dad left the family when she was four years old. Right. Continued to write her letters uh, over the course of him being on tour. That she had in the drawer. That she had in the drawer. Well, we don't know she has them in the drawer yet. All we know is that she, he wrote letters to them. Right. Because we go back. And, and Hector, he says, you know, he remember me, the, the most famous song in Mexican history, apparently. And Arsenal Cruz's, like, you know, shining number was a lullaby that he would sing to Coco yeah. before he went on tour. Yeah, because he's like, oh, I'm going to be gone, so like, don't forget you have a dad. So here's where I'm calling her out. From the age of four until the age where she starts losing her memory, she has the knowledge that her father was the person who wrote Remember Me, sent her letters about it, and talked about how he was working with Ernesto de la Cruz, and she has said nothing. Fuck. Her childhood lullaby is the is the nation's most famous song, and she has letters to prove that the person who oh, wrote it was Mama not the person Coco. who was taken. And she said nothing. Mama Coco. Oh my goodness. Are we talking? Are we talking teenage angst? You know, she's angry I mean, at her father for leaving. Maybe, maybe Mama Imelda. Maybe she banned all music. Oh, so she didn't even hear the song. Maybe she never heard it after she was four years old. But he, I'm coming I mean, back but to you've it gotta even hear more. It. It, Ernesto mean, de la Cruz is from the ta- the small town that they're all right. from. I mean, she was a teenager at one point. I'm sure she went to some dances. And she, she went to obviously some parties. knew who Ernesto de la she, Cruz was. Of course, yes. And uh, she I mean, has proof. Maybe she has it, physical proof yeah, that Ernesto uh, de la Cruz didn't write the song that her own father did, and she chose to keep it secret until her mind turns to jelly. Ah, uh, Mama Coco. Mama Coco! 
Oof. She's the true villain, isn't and I, she? I don't think her past as a luchador, you know, justifies any of this either. You know? <laughs> no. No, maybe, maybe she was just so guilty. The co-crusher. <laughs> she was just so guilty. She felt so guilty of the fact that she knew that, you know, Ernesto de, de la Cruz stole her dad's song, and she knew <coughs> that her dad wrote the song, she couldn't tell anybody. They'd be like, no, your dad didn't write that but song. But she has letters to prove it. Sure she does. She could have run them herself. Whatever. She had to cover up all the angst with becoming a pro fucking luchadora. She had to... <laughs> she, had, she just washed it away. That was her coping <laughs> mechanism. She went out there and Coco crushed it in the <laughs> ring, man. She Coco crushed it. But uh, it's just, it, it's bonkers to me. I, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. Because music is okay, but luchadors isn't? I, or is, or no, music is, uh, switch it around. Switch, scratch yeah. that, reverse it. Music is okay, music is not okay, but lucha, lucha fighting is. I, I just... Mama it's, Coco's really, really the one thing that's been staying on my mind since we watched this movie again. Is it like a Grandpa Joe situation? Like you're gonna have to unpack that for me. A little like bit. in uh, uh, Willy Wonka. Oh. So Grandpa Joe knew he could walk the whole time that he was up laid up oh. in that bed. He knew he could walk the whole time he was laid up in that bed. But as soon as Charlie got that golden ticket, he can walk all yeah. of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Why, what are you doing ruining Willy Wonka the Chocolate Factory for me when we're talking Coco? God. Ugh. Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe's a pile of shit, He's man. He's a pile of shit, and so is Mama Coco. <laughs> and I'll stand by it. Fuck Mama Coco. She knew it the whole time, but we can't blame her. We can't. We can't. As as a viewer of this fine animated film, no. we can't look at Mama Coco and we be can't. like, "That's the true villain." I'm surprised Hector doesn't blame Mama Coco. Of course, it's his daughter. His I mean, daughter be like, "Daughter, I spent I sent you lyrics and poems and letters the entire night. You don't put me on your ofrenda." Maybe he's like, "Well, she couldn't read." <laughs> <laughs> Presumably. Presumably. Okay. But, He's always going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm done with my tangent. Fuck Mama Coco. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. So we find out that Ernesto murdered Hector. Right, right. And he's gonna about to murder Miguel, in a way. Yeah, he's going to passively murder Miguel. Passively murder Miguel by keeping him, well, by throwing him in his weird pit that he just seems to have. He just, how many people has he thrown in the pit? In the pit! And also... <laughs> How can it, it's just, so presumably, he, he gets thrown in the pit, there's water, a bit of a beach, and some ancient ruins, like, they, they, they seem like Toltec-ish, you know, right, like, right, you know, yeah. traditional Mexican, Aztec, whatever, there are some carvings down there, but that doesn't explain anything, why, why there was a pit there. This is, I mean, like... How do you get out of the pit? Why aren't there other... Forgot well, I guess forgotten skeletons just drift off into nothing, so if, I guess if he threw I mean, other people in the pit then It must be just like a, a short term punishment I, I guess so. Yeah, they find their way out eventually, they uh, must. Yeah, I mean Alabrijes come for them, as we find with Miguel. Yep. But what we also find we find out that Ector 
is actually Miguel's great-great-grandfather, not Ernesto de la Cruz, yep. which I'm sure we've hinted to many times yeah, in We podcast. definitely have, yes. Yeah, we, we've spoiled that numerous times, but surprise! Hector is Miguel's great-great-grandfather, the man he's been looking for the entire movie. Yeah. So you would think that, hey, problem solved. Hey, 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 whatever. Yeah. Problem solved, right? Give me your blessing, let's go back. Yeah. But! But! Ernesto de la Cruz took Hector's picture. Yep. So Miguel goes back. What's he gonna do? He, he can't, can't put Hector's picture. picture. And Hector's that close to being forgotten. Yep. He's he's starting to fade away. He's starting to vibrate and turn orange and all that good stuff. But uh, you know, he has no picture, so he can't sell send him to go back. No, no. So they gotta go get it, basically. And so Pepita comes and saves them from the hole. Well, well, first Dante comes. Dante, he peeks over the hole with his stupid tongue and his, his, his stupid smile. tongue. God, what a dumb dog, Dante. But he he really is the god figure in, yes. in this in this movie. I think he's the unsung hero. He really is. We'll call him the unsung hero. Of we'll the call uh, unsung hero. Um, you know, Death Walker, whatever, whatever you want to call him. I I'm here for it. He finds them and brings Pepita to them. And therefore yeah. bringing the rest of Miguel's fans. They all recognize Hector right off the bat. They all recognize Hector, which is my next question. Had they not run into Hector at some point in his life? Has, had Hector not sought them out? I mean, apparently not. You, I, would, uh, you would think. I don't know. They meet up and Hector knows. He's like, oh man, these people fucking hate me. But like, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't know that they think they abandoned him. He just knows that he died while on the on tour. I mean, it, it might have been just like that big of a it's it's a huge city civilization in the land of the dead. It there, is. It's very right. Big. So it's very big. Maybe they never ran into each other in in seventy years. However long it was. I have a theory. I have a th- not as to why they didn't run into each other. I don't know. I have no idea how the fuck that didn't happen. But when we first walk over the bridge into the afterlife, Miguel looks to his right and he sees bunch of different bridges ah, that's all the right. way down. So presumably, when you cross your bridge, you're in the sector of the afterlife where everyone from your town died. That makes sense. In that respect, it makes less sense to me that Hector and Imelda had not run into each other at some point. Because, also, she's not a very old skeleton. No, no. She's she... got dark hair still. Right. She must have died before 50 at least. Died young. Yeah. You would think so, because so Coco not only, you know, raised herself, but outlived, you know, lived longer than both of her parents. But but still, but still, there are, there are a lot of years that we haven't made up where Epdor and Imelda were just wandering around the afterlife. Yeah. No, that is very true. That is very true. Huh. Was he embarrassed because everyone thought he died from chorizo food poisoning? <laughs> He, he must have been. But even but no matter was, how embarrassed I am, I'm going to keep searching until until my wife, like, eventually dies, you I know? Mean, yeah, no, he must have given up. I mean, he, 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 up. He, he hung out in those slums, like the forgotten, uh, forgotten block or whatever. Yeah. He must yeah. have just chilled there for the longest. He really must have. And he's like, well, these people are my family now. Uh, because, he, yeah, like you said, he always calls them a brother or cousin or, or whatever. So he must have just been chilling there for 70 years. You know, well, you're right. How long until Imelda died? You know what I'm saying? I... Yeah, I mean, she must have died not, not, not 20 years later. Not, not even, I would yeah. think. Mm. Oh, I got questions. I got questions, Pixar. 
Pixar. That's what this is all about. We got questions, and we're we're here. We're talking about. You it. know, if you hear the show and decide not to sue us, um, please. Which, I, I hope you do. <laughs> please answer some of our questions. We'd love to have one of you on the show at some point. Yeah, yeah. Pixar writer, I would love that. Hey, talk to me. Let's do it. But until then, we're gonna be pointing out the fallacies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and we're gonna make them known. Baby. We're gonna make them known. People are gonna know about your plot holes. To our single digit amount of listeners. <laughs> if that, if we're lucky. <laughs> this was only the first episode. It's okay. It's a long one. Our empire is growing. <laughs> as we as we speak. So so Pepita and Dante it's come a, to rescue uh, Miguel and Hector out of the hole, out of the, the big mysterious punishment hole that Ernesto de la Cruz has. And they pull them up, they have the whole meeting with Imelda and Hector, where they're like, oh, hi, and then they fly away on the manticore. Because, because you know, Miguel tells the whole family that Hector didn't abandon you, he was murdered by right. Ernesto de la Cruz. Right. So now we got the whole family on one side. Right. So everybody's on the same page, they're like, okay, we're gonna go find de la Cruz, we're gonna get the picture back, and we're going to go, we're going to make everything right. They're flying on Pepita. Mm-hmm. And this is one thing I noticed as well. Here. Ooh, okay, yeah. hold on, Give it hold to on. me. Give it to me. My big thing here is that while they're riding on the manticore, they're uh, Pepita, mm-hmm. the spirit god. The ale, uh, Little uh, pumpkin seed. The alebrije. Uh-huh. Um, there's a callback to another Pixar movie. Oh, really? Because I missed this. So Dante, uh-huh. he falls off. He falls off. He falls off the manticore. <gasps> he sprouts little wings. <laughs> and he is Heimlich. He's, Look at me, I can fly. <laughs> he sprouts little wings. He's and right. he flies up to the top. Like, Just like Heimlich. Like our char- favorite character. And may I dare say, we haven't done our Bugs Life episode, but oh, I dare it's, say. It's going to be the number one. He's, he's the unsung hero of A Bugs Life. Unsung hero of the unsung best movie of the Pixar canon, if I may say. Heimlich, who grows little wings and also rises up to fly. So Like a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so Dante is the Heimlich the butterfly of this film. I, I agree. And he becomes his own spirit guide. He becomes, a, he, he, he is allowed to become an alabrije. Yep. And he, he turns all neon skinned and... But you know, I think he had that power the entire time. Oh, of course. I mean, he, he was a living dog that just like crossed over in the land of the dead, no Which, problem. I'm back to my theory. You know why he decides at that point to become an alabrije? Why is that? Because Miguel is dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Miguel is dead. Because Miguel drowned in the pool, if you don't remember. He did, I think. And, and so Dante's like, well, my master is dead. I'm an alabrije now. Yeah. Uh, that's just where I'm coming from. Uh, think what you want. <laughs> think what you want. That's what I got. So Dante becomes an alabrije. Which, hey, good for him. If you don't think what I think. I think it was a choice. But whatever. But they go, and they're going to Ernesto de la Cruz's Sunset Spectacular. They're going to take him down. They're going to take him down. And uh, they try to take him down. They run him around in the, in the back, uh, the catacombs of yeah. the theater. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, they catch him for a second. Because they got a mob. They got oh, yeah. like a gang they, of eight they family are, members. They squad up. They, and not, they, only, not only eight family members, they got eight, you know, 
what, what were the shoes called that you, you called them again? Chanclas. Chanclas. They got Chanclas wielding family members who are oh, all yeah. trained in the Chanclas ways. Yes. Yeah. They. I'd be scared. They they've all got shoe weapons. They all use their they weaponize their own bodies. Mm. They take themselves apart. They throw their skulls at one another. Ooh. They they really get into it, and that's what. You know, I'm thinking, why, why don't the security do this? They, they, they just try to strong arm the, the members yeah. of the family. Um, they don't weaponize their own detachable body parts. They, haven't, they haven't really been thinking about their new lives as skeletons. Oh, no. no they're no, they're, no, they're no. Just stuck in security mode. Yeah, no, exactly. No, they're, they're like, uh, you know, organic bionicles. They can take their, their selves apart. Yeah. They can throw their pieces at each other. And then, you know, like come back right back together. Yeah. And it works just fine um, until they catch up with with uh, Mr. De La Cruz, and he kind of realizes, "Oh shit, they know." They know what I don't want to be known. Exactly. That I'm a murderer and shit. Yep. Um, so yep. Uh, turns out with a weird thing where uh, Mama Imelda gets on a platform, she rises to the stage, and she's put in front of everybody in place of Mr. De La Cruz. And she uh, has to sing a song, so she decides to. Which we find out earlier, she's got a beautiful singing voice. She does have a beautiful voice. She was the first member of Miguel's family to fully renounce music as as an art form because of her, you know, husband that that she thought abandoned her. But what we don't know is that they used to play music together, Mm -hmm. and and she used to sing while while uh, Hector would play guitar. It's like a Sunny E. Share type. It was like a Sunny E. Share. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Miguel is blown away. I mean, Miguel is blown away by this when he first finds out. He's like, hey, you can sing gorgeously. You know the beauty of music, and yet still you won't let me do it? You don't get it, yeah. Missy, do you? It's a very deep, deep pain. And you know what? She doesn't get it. She understands her own pain, but that doesn't apply to the rest of her family's pain. Come on. You can't put that generational trauma on the rest of your family just because your husband... I don't know. I mean, it wasn't his fault, as we find out. But, but uh, still, still, music. She likes music. She should. Be, uh, she's singing on Ernesto de la Cruz's Sunrise Spectacular. And Ernesto de la Cruz comes out and just plays it off as a duet. Yeah. But she's there trying to take Hector's picture back. Yes. Because, you know, they, they, they really want Hector to stay around. They don't want him to be forgotten like he's about to be. Um, because, because, you know, Mama Coco, the only person who knows about her, about his existence in the living world, is losing her memory. A uh, dance fight ensues. Yeah. Almost. It's pretty much like a dance fight. It's, um, but they're, they're trying to play it off as a performance the entire time. Right, they don't want to, you know, alarm the audience goers. Right. So they, they dance, and they get the picture, and, and they go back, and they're about to give, give the blessing. They're like, you know what? Hey, no conditions. You can play music if you want to. Just go back to the land of living so you're not dead. Because they, they finally realize that that's the real big stake here. That Miguel right. is going to live and die. Right. And not about whether he's going to play music or not. We're talking about this kid's going to die. He's got like five minutes. And, and he's going to die. Yeah. And even they, even they know that that's not cool. So they're like, hey, you can play music. Whatever. Here's, but then, you know, Ernesto La Cruz, he comes and he fucks it all up. Oh, yeah. And he starts, you know, being angry and whatnot. But then... Then one of the... Some of the relatives. The tia, the, the auntie. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. she moves the camera. Which happens to be there. 
you know, she's just close to a, a camera as they're broadcasting. With a live feed. <laughs> on these giant screens, uh, as you may see in many other amphitheaters that you, you may or may not have been to, uh-huh. um, that, that kind of close up on yes. the, uh, the performer. She points the camera at uh, De La Cruz while he is uh, being like, I don't care, I will... Uh, I'll kill a thousand children before I let this company die! Oh, wait, sorry. Wrong <laughs> Pixar movie. That's exactly but, what but I kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> That's exactly the same thing. He's the weird... Uh, He's a Waterhouse. Waterhouse. <laughs> That's his name. But, From yes. Monsters, Inc. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the spider guy. Yep. But he's, Ernesto, he's okay with killing a child, so his memory gets, you know, continues to be uh, put out, so he can continue to get, you know, all these offerings and shit from, from the people, from his fans that are still alive. Yeah. So he throws Miguel off the side of the, side of the building. Kills him, as far as we know. But, of course, we have Pepita, you know, a, a gigantic, you know, fucking, like... Uh, cat bird lizard. Cat cat dragon. Yes. A cat dragon. And, and so he, he saves Miguel, much like, much, we've already brought up Back to the Future, but it's much like the DeLorean saving Marty McFly in Back to the Future yes. 2, if you have not seen it. Um, he brings him back up, and he's like, ha ha, I didn't die. You didn't throw me off the cliff, mister. And he's like, whoa, uh-oh, I better get out of here. But he goes back on the stage, but the entire audience had seen the entire live feed of him talking about killing kids and how he was a murderer, really, and, and, and doesn't deserve uh, all no. the praise they're they giving him. they all give him. up. There's a guy in, in the crowd that comes back uh, with his elotes. <laughs> with his corn! His elotes. <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> but, that's, but that's after the whole crowd boos him and throws tomatoes at him, and then the, the alabrije papita comes out, right, and, like, grabs him. And, 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 and throws him under the bell and crushes him under a bell, just and he like gets how he to died. die again. But but did he really die? I don't know. We don't hear from him for the rest of the film, do exactly. we? Exactly. But here's the thing: we we mentioned that the skeletons can like disassemble themselves and come back together. Right. So he could come back together after being crushed by that bell. Right, right. But he's real. ostracized. Because the only thing point. that can really kill you in that in that afterlife is, is um people, is people forgetting, forgetting who you are. But let's be real, no one's really gonna forget who Ernesto de la Cruz is. No matter if he's a fraud or not. Well maybe he trades places with uh, Hector. Right. But Hector the only difference that happens is Hector becomes known again. You know, what we had before was that Ernesto was known, Hector wasn't known. And if we go to the new thing, Hector is known and Ernesto de la Cruz is still known as the guy who ripped off Hector. That's you know true. what I mean? This so he's true. still going to be alive. Yeah. People aren't going to give him as many offerings every year at Dia de los Muertos. But still, he, he's, not, he's not dead. And you can't really kill him because he's, he's already too famous. Which, just, is fame the only immortality that we have? I, I guess I guess so. Really. I mean, we still know who Beethoven is. I mean, you're immortalized through your through your art. I guess. I mean, you, through you, your work. You still know who uh, crazy people like like Jeffrey Dahmer and and yeah, like even even though Hitler, his work was eating like eating people. Yeah, we still know who they were. So in this universe's implications, those people are still alive and well. Ah. <sighs> It's, it's a little It's a hard. double-edged sword there. It is. I don't know if I want to be a part of this world. I, I don't know either. Uh, just but let people die. He, I don't know. You know, it ends up... 
Everything's gravy. Um, well, I mean, gravy to a point. I mean... Uh, Miguel gets sent back to the land of the living. He does, and he only has a short amount of time because Ector is, like, on his last legs. Sunrise is about to happen, and people, they're going to forget him. Right. Mom, Mama Coco is... Her mind is uh, on, on the way out, you know? But uh, little Miguel goes back and he plays that song. But but yeah, he runs. He runs as fast as he can. He runs. He and he right back to the to Mama Coco and he steals the guitar. Still steals the guitar, which he found out was his great great grandfather's guitar, Hector. But he, it's it's weird. It doesn't kill him this time. It doesn't kill him this time. Well, because it's not De La De Los Muertos. Right. Right. But but the whole rule was he you can't steal from the dead. Right. But he thought he was stealing from Ernesto de la Cruz, but really he was stealing from Hector in a way. I, I don't know, because it, it's his guitar in a way. Right. So he takes it. He goes to Mama Coco. And uh, his family had been looking for him for the whole night, you know, because he ran away. Right. And they're asleep on the benches. And they see him running by, and they're like, oh, Miguel, Miguel. And they, they go, and they run, and they pile, pile, everyone piles into Mama Coco's room because Miguel is finally back after the whole night away. And, and they just want him to leave. They're just like, hey, stop bothering this woman because he's trying to get her to remember Hector. Right. Right. He's like, stop bothering her. She has enough to worry about. Get out of here. And Miguel seizes his moment. He seizes his moment. It's, you know, it, it's it's... It's not good advice because it comes from murder, but it's still good advice. And he seizes his moment, and he grabs that guitar, and he plays Remember Me. And uh, this is where you lost me, where, where, I, where I totally, you know, escaped. Went off the rails. I, I, I escaped into a fury of blubbering and crying. Because Mama Kogo, she starts to remember again because of the music. And, oh, and that just gets me. She's like, oh, six inches away from me, I have this drawer. Oh, everything that, you know, confirms my father's existence. <laughs> Is right here in this right drawer. Right here! <laughs> and nobody's looked in it this no. whole no, time. No, 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 not Grandma. Grandma, because... And we've had, we've had family members. You and me, Mackenzie. Real yes. people. We've had family members deal with, you know, Alzheimer's... Right. And oh, really yeah. difficult, you know, mental, mental uh, illnesses that, that, you know, that go along with age. And our relatives are always looking through their shit. Yeah. <laughs> always. I don't know. There's no secrets anymore no, once no, you yeah. lose your mind, you know? Exactly. Like, it, 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 so I, I find it ridiculous that uh, the grandma hadn't looked through her drawer yet. But I suppose you know, maybe she had and just saw that it was a notebook and like, oh, that's Mama Coco's notebook. Right. I'm not going to read it. But it, and it contains all of the letters that Hector sent her that, you know, prove his existence and prove his artistic ownership over the music that Ernesto de la Cruz yes. played. Yes, and a photo. And a photo! The teared-off corner from the original photo of on the ofrenda that Miguel has. So he, he confirms once and for all that Hector is his great-great-grandfather and... Mama Coco remembers him with, his, with you know, Miguel's yeah. music. And then once the story is passed down, then Hector is going to live as long as Miguel knows who he is. You know? Oh, yeah. And, and um, which is, you know, we're, we're great. And, and Miguel, he stays around. He gets a baby sister. Yeah. And he, you know, starts to lecture her on the importance of family because Mama Coco has now, now perished. And, yep. and she's joined the afterlife. She has joined the afterlife. But I can't imagine, I mean, after having that experience with your deceased relatives 
I just want to go back, you know, almost. Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd be desecrating a grave the next Dia de los Muertos oh, yeah. just to get cursed so I can go back and, you know, visit them again and see yes. the land of the dead, which seems pretty fucking pretty dope, badass. if you ask me. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's lights, it's, it's a party the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, night, it's a night-long party, and you just gotta be back before sun, sun up. That's nothing. Yeah, just get your family to bless you. I'd do it. Yeah. I'd, I'd go back and forth. Oh, my God. But but granted, I mean, most of our, our extended family that that has perished doesn't really know about us. A couple people do. Yeah. I, 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 I suppose. I, I mean, Boney, who we mentioned earlier, our great-great-grandfather. He died well before He wouldn't we were know born. who we were. No, he died in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, he died. He died a long time ago, and he's gonna be like, "Oh, what? I'm I'm over here yeah. doing my thing. You could have a bless." I, so, I get that Miguel wants to go back. He's got a very involved family. Yeah, and that's great. And and, and they and, allow him to play music. And he and, they allow him to play music. They get him a whole mariachi outfit. Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He has the whole thing going on. He sings songs about family and. Yep. And he not only that he also gets the other members of his family to to join in to join in and, yeah. and be musicians as well, which which is great. Which makes me feel like the whole time that maybe they were also had like a secret attic oh. room. Oh, each of them had a secret attic room. Yeah, maybe they were all jamming. And the, the older secret. brother totally his his room was where you know the shoes. Shot up off the off the little you know yeah. shining wheel and stuck in the ceiling. Yeah. His room was 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 the the attic room where all the tops of shoes are stick, sticking through the floors. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But and but that's Coco. That's Coco. Um, you know, uh, you you have any any closing thoughts on this one? Have any I, summarizing? It's one of my favorite Pixar movies. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I'm gonna say that without question. It left me emotionally uh, disturbed. I would yes, say, in a, a good bit. way. Uh, I mean, it confronted a lot of things. It had a lot of mature themes. A lot of mature themes. And, you know, it, it treated death the way that, you know, my understanding of the Mexican culture thinks is true. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? And, you know, there aren't a whole lot of films for that uh, specific... Yeah, representation matters. Yeah, it really does. It um, really does. And uh, it's very cool that Pixar uh, did that. Um, they created a beautiful film full of fallacies... Full of fallacies. Uh, fuck you, Grandma Coco. Mama Coco. Mama Coco, um, fuck you. I'll say it over and over again. Just a recap. Yep, true villain of the film. You Mama sealed Coco. your dad's fate, Mama Coco. Unsung hero, Dante the dog. Dante the dog. Of course. Easy. Easy, Easy. with that big Easy. stupid tongue. Oh, yep, that big stupid tongue. Uh, he's a little hairy, hairy guy. Uh, hairless guy. Oh, he's a hairless. He's a sausage boy. Yes, I, I hope... I hope you've enjoyed us talking about Coco. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us on the Wasted Animation Podcast uh, for our very first episode. We went a little longer this time than we had planned to. We um, got a little more wasted than we planned to. Uh, I guess, I guess I we mean, did. Not I mean, not necessarily. I feel like you know we, we could get we, a little more wasted. We have nineteen more episodes to do. You know, I think this we need to a, get a little. I think we need to take us up a notch. I think so too. Um, Maybe but, we start the podcast wasted. Yeah, I think that's probably probably a good idea. That's why you know I was like, let's drink a little bit before we start. See, that's the thing. But we should we should we should do the drinking game. Okay, first of all, if you want to do a drinking game with the movie Coco, easy. Just every time you hear the word family or Miguel, take a drink, and you'll be fucking hammered by the end of the film. 
I don't even... I think it'd be hammered in the first 30 minutes. Easy, easy. With If you really stick true to it, which which I hope you do, casual listener. Uh, well, yes. Thank you again for joining us in the uh, Wasted Animation Podcast. What's next? Um, what is the next one? Uh, well, I say we go with Wally. I think Wally is going to be our next film. So uh, stay tuned uh, next week for our review of Wally. No fucking promises though. If it's inside out, don't get pissed. Yeah, it could be inside out. It could uh, be Wally. It's a lot. Those are the two that we have. We're not going to do Cars 3, I promise you. Well, not until we do Cars 1 and 2. Of course. Yeah. I mean, Whew. yes. We got to get the whole canon. Oh, we got to get the whole thing going on. That's going to be a a fucking doozy, I tell you what. <laughs> um thank you very much to Finding Common Ground for the use of our theme song. Fuck yeah. Um and, uh, you know, whatever, what do they say at the end of these things? I don't uh, know. Uh, a like, comment, subscribe? Like, is that comment, what th- subscribe, and also, just because you're an adult and can drink now doesn't mean that you can't look for different things in the animated movies you still loved as kids. Get drunk, watch a movie you loved, and email us or something. I don't know. Hey Amen, brother. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a wonderful day, or evening, or afternoon. And if I don't see you later, good afternoon and good night, goodbye. Hey.